0: The views expressed in the following episode are those of the subjects interviewed or individual presenters from the case. They do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach Freaks LLC, the Invisible Choir podcast, or cast media.
1: Reach Freaks. Invisible
2: Choir explores detailed depictions of violence and murder and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
3: I'm young, but I'm old school, man. Right. Just, I hate the technology nowadays. It's getting ridiculous. I'm tired of seeing everyone on their phone, and it's crazy. I got like this old school vibe, kind of hippie vibe. So. I understand that.
4: All right. And one plus,
3: it's a good way for y'all to track them. <laughs>
0: <All
5: right. laughs>
0: ever take a moment to consider just how lucky you truly are? It's fine if you haven't, most of us don't, or at least as often as we should. Our freedoms, the liberty of breathing fresh air, or just having a clean drink of water. Or hell, even the extreme luxury of kicking back and throwing on a podcast such as this one whenever we so please. These are things to appreciate, I mean, let's face it, we're fortunate. But we're also human. We all get caught up and accidentally take for granted what has become our normal. Repeating these routines day in and day out makes forgetting to be grateful relatively easy sometimes. We tend not to realize just how good we have it until we see or hear about how someone truly unfortunate is forced to live. How's the saying go? No matter how bad we think we might have it, someone else surely has it worse. This story might make you recognize that fact. Nothing else it will give you pause in regards to what you should be thankful for. In this episode, we explore one family who didn't exactly have all of the best opportunities in life, and when a vulnerable young woman from Clay County, Florida went missing, police naturally had some questions for those closest to her. The location is Keystone Heights, about an hour outside of Jacksonville, Florida, just days after Thanksgiving on November 26, 2017. 25-year-old Jordan Cooper was reported missing to Clay County Sheriff's Department by her mother. She was last seen at her home at 6259 Payne Road just the day before. After several phone calls with no response, her brother decided to stop by her residence. When he realized no one was home, panic immediately began to set in. Under normal circumstances, having not heard from a loved one in 24 hours wouldn't necessarily warrant so much cause for concern. After all, Jordan was an adult and it had only been a day since anyone last saw her. But Jordan Cooper wasn't your average young woman. She was severely mentally challenged and unfortunately was said to have the intellectual capacity of an adolescent. Jordan lived alone. Her mother and father were recently separated, but the family owned several properties on the same large parcel of land in a fairly remote area. They essentially all still resided on the same street. Jordan was constantly checked up on by her mother and brother daily. She rarely left unsupervised unless she was walking her dog to the end of the street and back. It was very unlike jordan to be out on her own for any lengthy period of time so as the hours passed it only solidified to her family that something had gone terribly wrong
6: the search continues in clay county for 25 year old jordan cooper cooper has the mental capacity of a 13 year old she was last seen near her home last saturday november 25th first coast news nick perot joins us in the studio with the latest on the search episode
7: Jeff, good evening. Clay County Sheriff's
0: Office still have investigators in the area involved in this search and rescue. And at this point, that remains the case. They haven't deemed this a recovery effort. The Sheriff's Office says since Friday, they've actively been receiving emails and social media posts almost hourly with tips. Anyone with any information is encouraged to contact the Sheriff's Office and not put themselves in harm's way to search. Again, Jordan Cooper is believed to be wearing a gray hoodie sweatshirt the day she went missing. She's about 4'11", 110 pounds, With blue eyes and blonde hair, officials remain hopeful she's alive. One of the first places that authorities checked, naturally, was her home. But nothing seemed out of the ordinary. There was no evidence of a forced entry or broken windows. And above all, there was no sign of Jordan. Given the sensitive nature of her situation, it was imperative that authorities begin their search efforts immediately. Dawn soon turned to dusk and the sun would continue to set over Keystone Heights for days to come, with no inclination as to where Jordan Cooper may have disappeared to. Small search parties soon grew into countywide frenzies, with the local community becoming more desperate by the hour, everyone trying to find her police helicopters hovered overhead, hoping to widen their net, while canine units scoured the ground below. It had been nearly seven days by this point, and authorities were still no closer to finding Jordan. Press and local media flocked to wherever the searches took place and were able to obtain comment from one of the officers on scene early that December.
6: At the end of the day, we don't have any information to lead us away from being hopeful Therefore, we're going to stay hopeful. And that is the best benefit for Jordan Cooper's family as well.
0: Have you seen this person? Jordan Cooper, hair blonde, eyes blue, height five feet tall, weight 100 pounds, age 25. Last seen Saturday, November 25th, 2017. If you have any information or have seen this person, please contact the Clay County Sheriff. These flyers were handed out and plastered to nearly every stop sign, telephone pole, and storefront in the area. There was a photo of Jordan smiling and eating an ice cream sundae, pictured below the text. Amidst the searches, authorities made several visits to the homes of Jordan's immediate family. Relatives and those closest to a missing person and or victims in cases such as these are almost always the first to be questioned, and for obvious reasons. It became evident rather quickly that this family had been at odds with each other for quite some time. After one visit to Jordan's mother and brother's residence, which was just down the street, authorities began to get a better sense of just why that may have been. It came out No, he came
1: here. He came when
5: nobody was going after y'all left. I'll gone maybe five minutes, and he pulled up in the yard, so.
8: And what happened?
5: Todd just, I sent Todd out to go and tell him because Todd said he had told him before he left that he was going over here and don't come over
0: here. What, said, what
8: did he say when he got
0: up? here? Um, he was wanting to talk to her, and I'd already talked to him at the house tonight. Yeah. And had already texted her and called her, and she said that she didn't want to do it at this time. And did he
5: say what he wanted to talk about? No, he wouldn't talk
4: <laughs> Maybe he might tell one of y'all what he he's said. he's going
8: back to his house? That I don't know. Was and he drinking tonight? Is that a stupid
6: question? Uh, knowing him? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. No, uh, it ain't no sense. He's Everybody says he drinks. So, I
0: mean. Jordan Cooper's father, Jeff Cooper, had a severe alcohol problem. He struggled with hard drugs for much of his adult life, Hence why the family was not on good terms. According to Jordan's mother and her brother Todd, just before detectives arrived at their residence, Jeff Cooper conveniently showed up, looking to speak with his ex-wife and son. But why? Jeff didn't have a driver's license and had been driving illegally under the influence. Todd confronted his father on the lawn, expressing that the two had no interest in speaking with him during this difficult time. It seemed Jeff had something rather paramount to tell them as he lay crying in front of his ex-wife's home. This encounter rightfully gave officers pause. It also gave them more reason to knock on this individual's door more than once over the course of the next few days. Just after meeting with the mother and son, detectives drove the short distance to Jeff Cooper's current residence, where he was living with his elderly parents. They wanted to find out just what Jeff so desperately needed to tell his estranged family members earlier that day.
5: I just uh, just wanted to talk with my ex just uh, just to talk with her. I Mm -hmm. mean, I ain't talked with her in six months. uh. Mm -hmm.
8: What were you going to talk about?
5: About, I mean, it was important, I'm sure, but... Yeah, about, you know, the situation. Did anything change, or...? No, I mean just, just to just a, just to you know. I mean, my daughter's her daughter too. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was going.
8: Mm-hmm. And you just want to talk to her about the situation in general, right? Okay. Um, did anything change from the last time we talked? No. Do you remember anything else? No. Uh, Do you remember talking to us earlier? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Okay. I know you probably had a little bit of drink tonight, but mm-hmm. are you uh, able to answer questions and all that right now? Or? Yeah.
5: Okay. yeah. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool.
0: Jeff Cooper is clearly under the influence of alcohol during this exchange. He had already spoken with law enforcement on numerous occasions before this, but continues claiming he hasn't seen his daughter since Thanksgiving, two days before Jordan went missing. She'd been gone for almost two weeks by now. But the more they spoke with Jeff, the more suspicious they became.
8: What's going on with you right now in your life? Like, I know you, you went to rehab a little bit. What was that for?
5: I didn't go to, I've never been to rehab, okay. but I'm, I'm a drunk. Okay. Okay. Anything so, else? No, nah, I've been to, I've been to jail, you already know that. So I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not I'm not concerned
8: about all that, but right. I'm just trying to find out what's going on in your life right now just to find out we can get some common ground and find out. Right. What's going on? Um so you you drink a lot.
5: Uh I drink what? Four <laughs> beers a day. Four of them uh edge or 211s or whatever saves mm. me from Drinking a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. So, But, I mean, I drank. Every day? Every day. Okay. Every now, day. Um, is there anything else you've had issues with? Maybe in the past? In the past, now it's been like 20 years. I mean, I did a lot of drugs. I mean,
8: cocaine.
5: Mm-hmm. Now, now, my daughter... Is... Somewhere. Do you have any idea where she may be? I have no idea. Anywhere. I, I
8: mean, even if it's just a long shot. I need to know
5: something. Anywhere.
0: The detectives have a feeling that Jordan's father isn't telling the whole truth. He's clearly heavily intoxicated, but like they say, the truth comes out when you're drunk. So they decide to pry and ask him a few more questions. How do you solve a crime in reverse? When you believe that someone was murdered, but have no clue who the victim was.
7: We have to do our job. And we have to find out. Who did they kill?
0: If it's possible. How are we going to do that? I'm Jake Halpern. And this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
8: The reason I'm asking is earlier, you had a hard time looking at me.
5: You're real jittery. I don't know if you didn't have anything
8: to no, drink or not. because
5: I had DTs. I mean, I had probably half a beer
8: in mm-hmm. a day, so. So you were having some issues. Now, let, let me ask you this. Your relationship with your daughter, what's it been like from the beginning to now?
5: My, uh, off and on, what I see here, what? Once a month. Your mom can't answer the question no, for no, you. no. Once a month. But I go back to uh, her mother has kept me from her mentally and physically since she was like three. Let me ask you this. Okay, go ahead. If she's kept
8: you from her and you want to be a part of her life, what have you done to change that? You have the power as a father to go to courts and to get custody or fight for visitation rights, you have power instead of just giving everything up and being okay with her having her the whole time and you not being around, right? I'm trying everything without going to the court, without going to the court. But this is your daughter. If it's that important to you, you should have tried the courts. Okay, it's a a mute point now because she's a grown adult. Right, I understand that mean at some point you've got to make a decision what's important in your life and what are you gonna to do to make it right and if your daughter being a part of your life was most important you should have done something to try and make it that important. Okay. Right?
5: It takes money. I understand that. It takes money. I understand that. Were you working? Uh, off and on I'll probably work six months a year.
1: Okay
8: why not? Why aren't you working like everyone else? I'm
5: 53 years old. I can't work. But you weren't then. Why can't you work? Uh, just
0: holding more out. I'm 52. In the beginning of the last audio clip you've just heard, Mr. Cooper tells the detective about his DTs, which is short for delirium tremens, a type of severe withdrawal from alcohol. Symptoms of DT include shaking, severe hyperactivity such as pacing, Rapid heartbeat and much more. Which could certainly be a reasonable and honest explanation for Jeff's apparently nervous behavior. But detectives can't be sure, nor are they able to rule him out as a suspect just yet.
5: My ex Mm -hmm. accused me of molesting my daughter. Okay. Okay. I mean, my ex is a bitch. Well, you married her. I can't. Yeah, I mean I I, but, but I mean I didn't know that then.
0: Jeff denies any claims of past sexual abuse. He says they are a complete fabrication. It's important to note that we were unable to confirm whether the alleged sexual assault and abuse of Jordan ever took place or if these were simply unfounded allegations. Regardless of their rocky past, detectives continue on, trying to get to the heart of the matter to determine whether or not Jeff Cooper had anything to do with his daughter's mysterious disappearance.
8: Did you have anything to do with this? No. No.
5: You have any idea who does? (sighs) I'm trying to figure out who. Somebody knowing.
8: It's going to be family members. It's going to be somebody. And of all the family members we've checked out, you're the only one with a checkered past.
5: Yeah, because of my drugs uh-huh. and my jail history. Well, it, it, yeah. Be it what it
8: is, you're the only one who's got a checkered pass. I don't care uh-huh. what it was for. Okay. You're the only one with a checkered right. uh Who Can anybody vouch for your whereabouts that weekend, that Saturday or Sunday? Todd, my son. Your son, he was out of town. Remember, he didn't get back until Sunday night. Right. So he can't vouch for your whereabouts. Right. So who well, can vouch
5: for your
0: more Probably
5: my father can do uh, Saturday.
0: The detectives begin to press a little harder on Jeff. They start to suggest that he did have something to do with Jordan's disappearance, and that he'd perhaps forgotten after having one too many drinks. They begin laying out possible scenarios, seeing if Jeff will change his story.
5: Been over there. Me, our mother. Mm-hmm. Or them, Mm -hmm. and or Shannon, and that. And we've checked everybody out. Okay. We've Um, checked all their friends, their
8: boyfriends. We've done a lot of work on this.
5: I'll do a polygraph. I'll do blood. I mean, whatever it takes. Now, I got the DTs because I drink. They ain't going to have an effect on you telling the truth or not. Right. I understand that. But I'll do whatever it takes
8: we need to know what happened to your daughter good or bad right or wrong me we can't too. change it me too uh, but I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna be completely upfront. front i'll see you. i think you know more than what you're telling me and i hope to god i'm wrong i don't
5: know and i way. want you to prove me wrong i don't know anything
8: you said you wanted to try and come live with you then your brother
5: no, come over here and stay for like the weekend and okay. bring your dog well
8: when she didn't want to do that That probably upsets you because you're her dad and you want to spend time with her.
5: No, 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 no.
8: Well, give me something to believe. Give me something I can check on. Your couch can't talk for you.
5: I would not harm my
8: daughter. And I want to believe that, but right now I don't have a whole lot to go on to believe that.
0: The following morning, authorities drove back to Jeff Cooper's home once again. To take him up on his offer of conducting a polygraph examination, and Jeff would oblige.
8: How you doing, Mr. Cooper? Feeling all right today? Did you get enough sleep last night? I got a little bit. <laughs> Not much. How much have you had a drink this morning?
5: Uh, I ain't had nothing, Good
8: Yeah, I like it. You doing all right? Yeah, all right. Um, our goal right now is just to kind of rule things out okay right i um, understand like i explained to you last night i don't i don't want to think you had anything to do with this so this is the best way to kind of rule right. some of that stuff out you know just you cooperate with us where you want to start so. you want to start well what we'll do is uh right. before we even worry about that we talked last night about a polygraph test okay um are you still willing to take one of those oh yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. um
5: no, i do you No, know,
8: um, i mean you got to rule the exactly. rule out first Exactly. Good, and and good. that way you don't have to worry about us anymore. We don't have to worry about you anymore. We right. can concentrate our efforts okay. everywhere else, okay? okay. Um, so you're willing to take one of those up? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. If you don't mind, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll drive you down there, me and Detective Anderson. That way you ain't got to worry about driving. We'll get you down there, get you taking one, and then okay. we'll come back here and let uh, you go, okay? Okay. You want to put some shoes on or something? Or? Uh, yeah, i okay. yeah. put some... Okay.
0: Jeff Cooper would indeed take that polygraph, and he would subsequently pass. There certainly were some strange remarks offered up by Mr. Cooper during almost all of his interviews with law enforcement. His past issues with the law, drugs, and alcoholism certainly weren't doing him any favors. Those judgments, however, were merely that, judgments, and perceived notions are not enough to charge someone with a crime. Be that as it may, things weren't looking good for Jordan. It had been far too long, and no one had heard from the at risk 25 year old woman. Authorities did dig a little deeper into the family's background and learned about some cousins up in North Carolina. Apparently, these relatives had been in recent contact with Jordan, and she had, in fact, visited them for a brief time in the past. Clay County detectives decided to take a trip and pay them a visit as well.
1: has got some questions to try to help find Jordan.
8: Yeah, we're we're trying to put a lot of resources in this, and we well, know you had a little bit of contact with her yeah. before she went missing. So we're hoping you can help us out in any way, shape, or form. Well, so the
4: last time here, can I explain something to you?
8: Mm-hmm. Me
1: okay, and her family,
4: me and her family don't get along. Okay. Because I'm going to let you know, I'm a registered sex offender. Okay. Right. And that's what they and they came all the way to Florida to pick her up. Uh-huh. And had a big old argument. And I do know her brother likes to threaten people. Her brother? Yeah. Because okay. he came from Florida saying he was going to shoot me right here in front of six deputies. Okay. And I'm like, why don't you arrest him? He's overcrossed his boundary. Mm-hmm. So if something happened to her, I'd start looking at on that side of the family, okay. of her family.
1: Okay. Uh-huh.
0: It's obvious that both Jordan Cooper's immediate and extended family have some very serious and unfortunate issues. It's also clear that they don't like each other one bit. But in the midst of the blame game and back and forth, it seemed the real focus was becoming overshadowed, and that was finding Jordan. The family in North Carolina was ultimately eliminated as suspects. Despite their own problems, which from the sounds of it were rather extensive, They hadn't seen Jordan in quite some time, and there was no conclusive evidence tying them to her disappearance. Hope was quickly dwindling as the sun went down over Keystone Heights, Florida once more, without any apparent progress having been made in finding Jordan Cooper. On Saturday, December 9th, 2017, the search for 25-year-old Jordan Cooper would officially come to a close, not in a way that anyone wanted. When Dawn Cooper, Jordan's mother, went by her house that day to grab some things, she noticed a foul odor upon entering the home. She hadn't been inside the residence since her daughter had first gone missing two weeks before, but knew right away the odor was not a familiar smell. She notified law enforcement immediately, and another full sweep of the residence was conducted, this time more thorough and with the addition of cadaver dogs. The smell quickly led the canines to Jordan's bedroom, where they instantly hit on a scent coming from inside of the closet. Detectives noticed a large pool of dried blood on the carpet inside the closet that had soaked all the way through to the floorboards. When they looked up, they noticed a crawlspace door that led to the attic. The small hatch was left partially ajar. There was no question that the attic was likely where the pungent smell was coming from. At first glance into the crawlspace, nothing seemed out of the ordinary, except some electric wiring and insulation that appeared slightly out of place. But once they climbed up and searched more, eventually a human leg was revealed protruding from beneath the rolled-in pink fiberglass insulation. A body had been heavily concealed under the rolls of insulation, and it was apparent the victim had been there for quite some time due to the visible post-mortem lividity, or bruising from blood pooling beneath the skin. It was at this moment that everyone's worst worries and fears in the local community were tragically coming to fruition in the case.
7: The Clay County Sheriff's Office along with our partners in law enforcement as well as the community did a very extensive search both in the community and inside the residence and as follow-up to the investigation the Clay County Sheriff's Office and our partners out in the community have been searching for young Jordan Cooper for all these days now which leads me up to tonight's facts Um, unfortunately you know due to the sensitivity of this investigation And the elements of what's going on at what is now a death investigation. um, I'm not at liberty to take any questions, but I I do give my word as the sheriff that as soon as we get information that is relevant to this case, that we will share it both with the community and the media as soon as possible. Now, um, within the residence that the the, Miss Cooper went missing, um, the sheriff's office has found a body and it is in a concealed very concealed location within the residence. Um, due to the elements of, of the facts, I, I'm not at liberty to, to really disclose, disclose much. However, um, the way of the positioning of the body, um, the, there is no identification at this time of who that victim is or who that person is who's deceased right now. So as soon as we find that out, we'll make sure that we share that, um, both with the community and with the media. You know, it's always it's a sad day when somebody loses their life, Um, you know. So, you know, Clay County and and Keystone Heights, um, you know, it's it's a sad moment for us right now. But, you know, we'll continue to do what we do as law enforcement professionals and try to keep Clay County as safe as possible. And uh, we ask that you pray for the families in Clay County, pray for the men and women of the Clay County Sheriff's Office. And, uh, you know, so that we can do our jobs as effectively as we can. Sheriff, I just want to confirm it's not Jordan Cooper. Uh, we can't confirm that at this time. Okay. Yes. The
0: Sheriff's Department wasn't releasing much information, as a proper identification still needed to be made. But everyone knew what this likely meant. Media outlets were quick to release the story, despite what little details they had.
2: Twelve hours of policemen and dogs and crime scene technician and cars and vans all over the place. Uh, I cannot see how they could miss something like that.
0: Community members were stunned that after an extensive search of Jordan Cooper's home, responding law enforcement and forensic technicians missed several key details. The most important being the body that had been slowly deteriorating in the attic crawl space above. But that wasn't all police missed during their initial search of the home. There in her bedroom, the walls hastily covered with several Harry Potter movie posters and her bed, hidden beneath a collection of bright pink and blue teddy bears, were all the clues police would have needed to crack this case wide open from day one had they only been looking hard enough. Among the clutter you might find in any average teenager's bedroom, police missed dozens of small reddish-brown smears, stains that looked like blood, on the dresser drawers, on the nightstand, and even there on her teal pillowcases, tiny brownish-red speckles of dried blood. And had they only noticed these subtle clues, perhaps they would have pulled back the light pink hand-quilted blanket that had been hastily thrown over her bed, along with the large blue, green, and purple comforter adorning her mattress to reveal the even larger bloodstains covering her sheets and the underside of her pillowcases. And beneath all of that, her mattress, containing a deep red stain, an obvious area where blood had pooled for some time. Though the proverbial writing was on the wall in this case, it wasn't until after the autopsy that the medical examiner would indeed confirm that the body found inside her home is that belonging to 25-year-old Jordan Cooper. Her death was ruled a homicide by manner of asphyxiation. After those details were released to the public, Jordan's mother Dawn took to Facebook releasing this statement.
8: I'm very thankful to have so many people who care and that are concerned. I have no answers to anything right now. I will be spending my time concentrating on taking care of Jordan one last time in her precious life. I will no longer be able to see her or hold her to say goodbye. So I ask all of you, out of respect for her, to continue to pray and remember her the way she was, loving, caring, kind-hearted, even to people that weren't. There is no love like a mother's love, and when something that precious is taken from you, it makes a part of you no longer complete inside, but she now has her angel wings and is free to fly. I love you, Jordan, and I will never leave you. I will forever be with you
1: in your heart. Love, your mom.
0: There were still so many important questions that remain unanswered. Just as neighbors had proposed to the local media, how could investigators have possibly missed her body when they searched the home within the first couple of days of her disappearance? Former FBI Special Agent Tony Kravitz had these very same questions and more when asked to give her thoughts on the case to local news reporters.
6: In this case, she's in a rural area, so you know, being that there is a mental handicap here,
5: so the most logical thing to do is canvas the area. You canvas the residences, see who saw her last, see if you can find a lead on where she might be. What I would ask is, as an executive, uh, you know, why didn't we find the body early on? Uh, you know, was the search slow and methodical? My experience, a lot of these cases, um, this very well may be somebody she knew
6: and um, you know,
0: local. While these inquiries are all vital, the biggest and most crucial mystery was still left unsolved. That, of course, being who killed Jordan Cooper. The investigators did not have cadaver dogs on site for the initial search of her home. There also would not have been any obvious smell of decomposition noticeable to task force members within those first hours of Jordan's disappearance given that Jordan Cooper's body was also so well concealed, buried deeply in the attic crawl space. These factors all contribute to why she was not discovered right away. The issue now was that virtually all of Jordan's family and anyone close to her had essentially been cleared as suspects. They had all been fully investigated through numerous interviews over the course of the prior two weeks, and still there were no new leads. Before this case could go cold, detectives needed to approach their investigation differently and fast. And so it was back to the drawing board. Authorities decided to begin looking at other crimes that had happened in the area, petty thefts and any other criminal activity that may have occurred in or around Jordan Cooper's neighborhood, hoping to find a potential link back to this homicide. Although this approach seemed like a stretch at best, Believe it or not, they actually did find something. In early November, not even a month before Jordan had first gone missing, a robbery had been reported on the very same street on which Jordan lived. Neighbors of Jordan Cooper had called the police after some tools had been stolen from their property. They were eventually able to track down the individual who was believed to have committed that crime. The suspect in that burglary was a 27-year-old man named Joe Arthur Turner. Authorities quickly learned that Joe Arthur Turner lived only a few houses down from Jordan Cooper. Joe knew the Cooper family and was friendly with Jordan's brother, and had even been over to the family home in the past for dinner. This connection ultimately prompted an arrest warrant to be obtained for that burglary. And when Joe Turner was eventually arrested on December 29th, 2017, he was found coincidentally hiding in the attic of his own home. When he was apprehended, police found him clutching a bag of women's clothing, many of the garments appearing to have been speckled with blood. And all of it would soon be tested for DNA. Also in that bag was a beginner's bondage kit, with a seductive tagline printed on the front of the packaging, which read, It's just the beginning. Submit yourself. The kit contained four limb-restraint cuffs and ropes, along with a blindfold for, quote, complete bondage play. Turner was subsequently brought in for questioning, more than likely aware that stolen power tools were not law enforcement's biggest or primary concern in whatever investigation they were now carrying out.
4: Didn't introduce myself outside. I'm not. Jeff <laughs> Anderson. All uh, right, Joe Turner. Jeff. Turner? Yes, sir. I'm just gonna get some information from you real quick. All right.
0: While collecting Joe Arthur Turner's full legal name and contact information, detectives are immediately off put by a comment that he makes when confirming his telephone number
5: yes
3: sir that's your cell phone that's a house phone I don't have a cell phone you don't nope. have a cell phone at all no no nope. I got rid of them a long time ago when was the last time you had one probably <laughs> about two three years ago Not really yeah I don't I'm, I'm real I'm young but I'm old school man right? just, I hate the technology nowadays it's getting ridiculous I'm tired of seeing everyone on their phone and it's crazy I got <laughs> like this old school vibe kind of hippie vibe so. I understand that yeah uh, all right. You and employed? plus is a good way for we don't track them. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: nah. Detective Anderson is visibly uncomfortable from this ominous comment, followed by a callous laugh from the man who is now their main suspect in Jordan Cooper's murder.
4: Are you employed? No, sir. How long have you lived at
0: Pain Road?
3: Ever since we moved there. I mean, I've been, I've had my own places here and there, but uh, my mom... We moved from DeLonga, Georgia. She moved there in 94. So she's been there since 94, and I've been there with her. But like a couple years ago, I moved out. I was out probably for about two, three years. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's my mom. So i always got a place to come back
4: to. So So, since you've been living there this time, how long have you been living there? Uh,
3: Ever since I came back from my own place? Yeah. Probably, I Three years, two, okay. three years, So
4: you've yeah, been living steadily years. there for yeah, three years. Yeah. Okay. yeah, All right. All right. Basically, what uh, what I'm gonna do is, if you don't mind, i to read you this real quick. All right. Okay. And uh, what is it? It's a, it's consent to search to, for DNA sampling. Okay. Um, it's just voluntary consent to search. We what we do is ship it out to different um, agencies. Um, if you commit any crimes there or anything like that. Okay. Um. It's not a big deal or anything
3: like that. All right. Okay. All right. But would you need a DNA? What were my charges? The burglary. Okay. For burglary charges. And you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you need a DNA.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, common practice. Okay.
0: Detective Anderson attempts to casually reassure Joe Turner that sampling his DNA is quote. No big deal, as he passes him a form for him to sign consenting to the release. But Turner is apprehensive and isn't about to give up his DNA so willingly. He doesn't know what they have on him, and it's pretty evident from his resistance that he knows this isn't about any stolen property. Yeah,
4: today is the 28th.
6: Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't
3: want to be like a dick or nothing, but I didn't know like, if I needed I don't know how, you know,
4: I don't know my rights, mm-hmm. so, so far. Okay, let me explain, your rights to you. I don't okay. have a attorney. We haven't gotten all that. Um, you have the right to remain silent, okay. okay? Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to talk to a lawyer and have him present with you while you're being questioned. If you cannot afford to hire a lawyer, it won't be appointed to represent you before questioning if you wish. You can decide at any time to exercise these rights and not answer any questions or make any statements. Okay. Do you understand each of those rights I've explained to you? Yes sir. Okay. Having those rights of mine and wish to talk. Basically right now you're under arrest, re- you had a warrant for your right. for right. Uh, right. burglary. Okay. Um, I understand you had a little bit of problem smoking some crack or something like that. Okay. I don't hold anything against you on that. Okay. We all have some bad problems. Um, and we kinda of fall into some bad times, you know And we need some money to help our addiction. You know, I don't know if that's what your problem was or or what was going on. Okay. Um, That's between you and yourself and the man above. All right. And uh, hopefully you can get some help and get corrected on that. Okay. And I can tell you have some remorse on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Big time. What's going on with you? I mean, I, mean you can, I, I can see you teared up a little
3: bit. Ah, right? yeah, that's, I mean, I just hate, my, hate having my mom go through this. That's
4: mm-hmm. it. <laughs> right. That. How old is yeah. your mom? Uh, 50. 50? Yep. Yeah.
3: Okay. And you're 20? 27.
4: 27? 27. Yeah. So, huh.
3: Yeah, she's just been through so much, and this is just another thing on— top of the cake. So. Right. <laughs> I'm sure she's sitting at home right now wearing herself to death like she always does and she's pretty much on a verge of a heart attack. Right. She smokes a lot. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just got to my mom through it. Yeah. Right.
4: I mean, the, I know the break-ins, was that trying to help your mom or, I mean, trying to, does your I mom have
3: just, a job or? No, nah, uh, I was just, a public defender, if anything, or I mean, I don't have an attorney, so okay. I don't want to. You know, I'm not saying nothing. about not public okay. defender present. understand So, okay. all right. I don't want you to stand <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I don't know my rights, so I don't know. I don't want to talk without a Public defender. Okay. All right.
4: That's understandable. Tom, I'm outside. If you want to talk, just knock on the door. Let's go. Cool. Okay. That's cool. all right.
0: And that was about all they were going to get out of Joe Arthur Turner. After only seven minutes of questioning, Turner asked for an attorney, and the interview legally and forcibly comes to a close. Turner knows something is up. Why else would they need his DNA for an otherwise petty theft? While he was sitting in a jail cell, neighbors of Joe Turner's continued to be questioned. And what's surprising is how many nice things those who lived around him and to say about the man who was now suspected of murder. The,
1: we're,
3: we're looking into to everything that happened out here. It's just one big thing we're trying to decipher okay. if it's related or not. Because I
8: didn't know if, right whether Jordan was the, the reason that you guys are out here. Or well, what, Joe. It,
3: what it is Joe committed a burglary. I know. So people that commit burglaries make him other crimes. So we're trying to see if he's a person of interest or not in Jordan's case. So we don't know. That's what we're looking into.
8: Yeah. It really is. We were, uh, Sorry, yes. I got you. Right okay. So so sweet.
3: Well, let me get back with her, cause Go I'm, ahead. and um, they're down there if you want to ask me questions. No, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just it we're storm, just storm. we're either a, we're trying to eliminate anyone that might be involved. Is all it is. So. Well, thank you. Have a
5: good day.
0: Despite keeping up with the appearance of a quote nice guy to his neighbors, authorities had not yet revealed some of the incredibly damning evidence. They had discovered at the scene of the crime where Jordan was found. When Jordan Cooper's body was discovered, so was a Band-Aid up in the same crawlspace. It appeared to have fallen off the finger of someone who was not Jordan Cooper. So it was subsequently tested for DNA, but no results had come back. By this point, Joe Turner himself had no prior felony convictions. Thus, his DNA was not yet in the system. Turner didn't know it yet. But this is precisely why law enforcement was requesting his sample to see if it would return a match to the bandaid. Even though he refused to give the sample, he soon wouldn't be given a choice. Warrant was granted by a judge and there was enough probable cause to collect the sample. Ultimately, a mandatory court order was issued and Turner's mouth was involuntarily swabbed. While he was being held on the burglary charge, this homicide investigation would be blown wide open once the results from that test came back. As expected, they were a positive match, which effectively connected Joe Arthur Turner not only to the Band-Aid, but also the women's clothing found on his person upon his arrest as well. There was also a positive DNA match to Jordan Cooper that was pulled from those clothing, confirming that they were indeed hers. While in detention, authorities took a walk to Turner's cell to inform him that his charges were now being upgraded and that he wouldn't be going anywhere anytime soon.
2: Mr. Turner. Yes, sir. My name is Detective Smith with the Clay County Sheriff's Office. This is Detective Root with the Clay County Sheriff's Office. I understand before I uh, speak to you, you've invoked your right to remain silent. You've won legal counsel prior. Yes, sir. However, it is your right to know if any charges or anything have been changed. Okay. Okay? You. So you understand that while we're is not to talk to you about that. It's to tell you about charges are added being added to you. Correct. Okay? All right. As of today, I am dropping a look and sheet. Um, which is no additional charges on, on you, okay? Your charges are going to be, for instance, that occurred at 6259 Payne Road. You are being charged with murder, capital, sexual battery, and burglary. Okay? Okay? That's... I appreciate it. Okay. Alright. Just want to let you know that you're being charged with that. It is your right to know. Um, at this time, you still wish to go counsel, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. Right. I appreciate you. it. Uh, sit you. tight right there for a all second, right. and we'll wrap that with you. Understand. Here they go. All right, guys. Thank you, Johnny L. Here's his booking sheet. Okay. Okay. That's and that's being charged out. with murder, right. Right. sexual battery, and burglary. Right.
0: On January 19th. 2018, almost three months after Jordan Cooper was killed, the Clay County Sheriff's Office was finally at liberty to speak and give the public some sense of resolve, knowing they had the right man in custody.
6: Hello, uh, my name is Wayne McKinney. I'm the Chief of Detectives for the Clay County Sheriff's Office. I wanna thank you for coming today. Uh, I do wanna remind everyone that this is a bittersweet day for the Cooper family, as well as the Clay County Sheriff's Office. Jordan Cooper was an innocent soul who has touched each and every one of these individuals behind me. Um, These individuals, I'll assure the Clay County citizens, these men and women standing behind me, and many, many more that couldn't be recognized here today, worked tirelessly on this case from the very inception. On December 9th of 2017, Jordan Cooper was found to have been murdered and concealed in the attic of her own home. Later testing by the serology lab at the Florida Department of Law Enforcement has now positively identified Joe Arthur Turner's DNA to be on a band-aid that we removed from the attic of Jordan Cooper's home, as well as a sexual assault kit that was conducted at the time of this, uh, as part of this investigation. We are asking for the community to take heed to this, and if anyone has had any contact with Joe Arthur Turner prior to this or during these time frames I've talked about or In the past, there's been any incidents or actions that they've seen from Joe Arthur Turner that they think might be pertinent to this case to please reach out to us and let us know. So I want to stress that this investigation will continue up until the prosecution and the trial is going on.
0: A motive has never been revealed, but it is believed that Joe Turner decided to take advantage of a woman with special needs, forced his way into her home, sexually assaulted her, and then strangled her to death. He then carefully climbed up a stepladder, lifted her 100-pound body, and stuffed her into the attic of her own home, where she would be left buried beneath the insulation for over two weeks, her body rapidly decomposing in the sweltering heat. This disgusting and sickening act was unspeakable, and it came as a complete shock to not only Jordan's family, but their neighbors as well, who recall Joe being a quiet, nice young man which obviously couldn't have been further from the truth.
8: It's hard for me to believe that Joe would do that. He'd be walking home, he just looked like a you know, a sad soul. You know, and I'd pick him up and come ride home. He was very shy. He put his head down a lot and I say, You're so good looking, you could get a really pretty girlfriend. Why don't you go get a girlfriend? You know, and, oh, and he's you know, kinda of him and hung didn't know what really what to say. He came over here and raked my yard, he cut my grass, he he buried my, my pit bull that I had to put down, dug the hole, and he put her in the hole real gentle, and he kind of got a tear in his eye. He didn't even know Lucy. He was very empathetic, and he, I just don't. It makes me real sad.
0: Empathetic, a far cry from the images now plaguing everyone's mind of the kind young man who quietly navigated their neighborhood, sexually assaulting, strangling, and then hiding the remains of a vulnerable young woman. Just as Clay County Sheriff's Department mentioned in their press conference, this case was still ongoing. Authorities wanted to be sure there weren't any other victims of similar crimes that had occurred at the hands of Joe Arthur Turner. They also needed to find out if Turner indeed had acted alone. So they continued speaking with neighbors on Payne Road where Jordan was killed.
5: Have you had any problems with your stuff walking away from your house, any property? nothing went missing. Um, the latest thing that we had was maybe two years ago, but it was uptown. My husband's mower was at small engine repair. Okay, but nothing here. Nothing on the, here in not your neighborhood. History. Okay. That being said,
8: you've never noticed where anybody's creeping around in your property or sight like that. Have you ever seen anybody over at Georgia's property? No.
5: There was just the night that she had gone missing and I gave a statement about this. I woke up at 2 a.m. and I heard barking and he has different parts like his hungry part yeah and this was his bark like someone was in the
3: yard but you didn't actually
8: look out the window
4: that's about any personal garments missing or anything
8: yeah you've never noticed anything missing out of your house or property
3: like feminine feminine products garments shirts pants underwear things like that nothing Uh of yours come up okay
0: A next-door neighbor states that she heard Jordan's dog barking excessively the morning she went missing. As the investigation continued right up until the trial, just like detectives had promised, they finally came across someone who didn't think Joe Turner was such a great guy after all. That person was an ex-girlfriend of his who happened to be several years older. In this exclusive audio obtained by Invisible Choir, directly from the Clay County Sheriff's Department, we finally gain some true insight into just how disturbed an individual Joe Arthur Turner truly was.
2: So basically, I guess it's Joe Turner we're talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I know you talked to Wes a little bit on the phone yesterday, but can you just tell me kind of the history with
5: him? And- he and I just met one day, we hit it
1: off, started dating, um, we dated for, off and on for three years. He, is a stalker. He followed me three different times to three different states without my knowing, knowing anything. He uh, likes to hide in the woods and uh, sneak, sneak in on you or whatever you say. Just He'll be sitting there, you won't even know. You won't see him. He's just sitting there staring at you or whatever. He no. has threatened to kill me with the knife. He's very manipulative. We were arguing and I just kept telling him, you know, put the knife down, just you know, just quit. Let's just, you know, go take a breather, you know, just stop, everything's okay. And as soon as I told him to put the knife down, he lunged toward me. And if he'd put any pressure in it, the the tip of the tip of the knife had already touched my stomach. If he'd have put any pressure to it whatsoever, he'd stab my
0: stomach. Authorities really hadn't known much about who Joe Arthur Turner was prior to Jordan Cooper's death. They knew he had a drug problem, but with no substantial criminal record, he was never truly on their radar. And the more they spoke with his ex-girlfriend, some very concerning details about this man were finally coming to light. As they related to Jordan Cooper, these details unfortunately came far too little, too late.
1: He can be very, very violent. <laughs> and when you say that,
2: like, what kind of violence? I know you mentioned an incident with a knife. He'll mm-hmm.
1: um, put his hands on you. I've seen him do so, so many strange things, like sit in the closet and have the door shut and just sit in the closet and bend his knees across the dresser. He has a blue suitcase. Uh, he never would let me look in the blue suitcase. I never understood why. But he's just—he's just off. He is the only son. It's the two girls and him. Uh, and I know they um, played dress up with him when they were little. Um, but they didn't. Nobody you know. They didn't think that it would mess his head up or whatever. But. He doesn't feel as though he's worthy to date anyone and, and he's needed help the whole time. From day one that I met him, I saw that he needed help and I thought maybe I could fix it, you know? And then when I left the last time is when he started the crack.
0: She goes on to discuss Joe's trouble with addiction. Recalling one incident where he got pulled over and swallowed a bag of crack cocaine in order to avoid a drug charge. This stunt could have well cost him his life, but instead he was high for several days, going without sleep. What detectives were most interested in, however, was his history of violence, in addition to his interest in wearing women's clothing. The blue suitcase this woman spoke of allegedly contained several women's garments. And being that Joe was found with a bag of Jordan Cooper's clothing at the time he was apprehended, this certainly seems to have been a motivating factor in her murder.
1: When Joe would get extremely angry, he would punch the walls and the big old big old, huge holes in the drywall. The main thing is, is he's definitely, definitely mental. Something is definitely mental there because he... He will twist your head around, and you won't even know whether you're coming or going. I mean, he's just that slick.
0: When you mentioned you knew he cross-dressed, did you ever witness this? Or
1: Yes.
2: Okay. Um, when he did that, is that kind of like a different way he identifies, or um, just trying to understand?
1: Um, let's just say he didn't do it to be romantic. He uh, had an entire blue suitcase. It was full of his mother's clothes, his sister's clothes, his stepsisters clothes. From the underwear to the bras to the girdles to the dresses. It it was there. And he even went online and bought him a pair of boots. A pair of women's boots. But I physically saw him dress up. Physically, a little black skirt, little black top, uh, the boots, and he'd have a um, a hairband, a headband, and he put that headband on, and if he had the um, the the net stockings, he would put
0: them. on. The ex-girlfriend describes Joe as a stalker who was manipulative and controlling. The cross dressing aspect is most pertinent to the circumstances surrounding Jordan Cooper's death because detectives were actively building their case preparing for trial. The death penalty was on the table for Joe Turner, and the state intended to prosecute this man to the fullest extent of the law. With the insurmountable evidence stacking up against him, his DNA from the band aid found next to Jordan's body being the strongest there was seemingly no chance of this man ever walking free. And in 2022, before his trial was set to take place, Joe Turner evidently realized this fact himself.
5: Yeah, so Joe Turner tomorrow, Tarek, will be here in the Clay County Courthouse not facing the death penalty for a brutal murder. Instead, they uh, plea dealed it down to second-degree murder. He will spend a few decades in prison.
0: On March 10th, 2022... Joe Turner took a deal, pleading guilty to second-degree murder in the death of 25-year-old Jordan Cooper. He was sentenced to 55 years in prison. Victim impact statements would be provided at his inevitable sentencing hearing, including from Mr. Cooper, Jordan's father, who authorities initially had pinned as their primary suspect for the majority of this investigation. Jeff Cooper addressed his daughter's killer directly.
5: None my house, he's in there, he grew up
1: with my son, Billy, and all that. I never, ever, ever would have figured this period. This man took the
5: love of my life. My daughter. I know she wasn't the brightest star in the world or whatever, but she was my brightest star.
0: Before he was taken out of the courtroom to begin his lengthy prison term, Joe Turner was given the chance to address the Cooper family himself.
3: I can say or do I'll ever I just want to apologize. I want to sincerely apologize. Say I'm sorry. Todd. I'm sorry. Jeff. I'm sorry. I hope from what I've heard that there is forgiveness in your hearts, and I'm so
0: thankful for that. An additional written statement from Jordan's family was soon after released to the media, which read, Our hearts will forever be broken and missing the peace that is Jordan. Nothing will ever take her place, but her memory will always be with us. Jordan was a true victim. She was in the place she felt most secure, her home, when she was brutally murdered and taken from us. A senseless tragedy. After sentencing and outside of the courtroom, local reporters caught up with Jeff Cooper to get his thoughts on the finality in this tragic case.
5: I'm happy. 55 years, that's a lifetime anyways for anybody, so it's just one of those things that just happened, and I can't put... That was probably the hardest thing for me was putting in my mind as why and how it happened. Glad that we're finally done and finally completed with all this.
0: Joe Arthur Turner will spend the next five decades in prison. If he's still alive upon his eventual release date, he will be forced to register as a sex offender and to pay restitution to the Cooper family. It's unclear if Jeff Cooper, Jordan's father, actually knows how close he came being wrongfully convicted in his daughter's murder. Had investigators not looked into the petty thefts that had occurred in their neighborhood, this case might well have easily gone a completely different direction, or fell entirely cold for that matter. There's no telling how long it could have taken to obtain Turner's DNA under different circumstances, or if he would have ever been suspected at all. As it stands currently, Joseph Turner is not suspected in any additional crimes, and it is believed that Jordan Cooper was his one and only victim, and that he acted alone, cowardly choosing the most vulnerable of targets. This story is especially sad when sifting through the police files we've obtained from the Clay County Sheriff's Department. The hours of audio from Cooper's family, as well as those who knew convicted murderer Joe Arthur Turner, tell a tragic tale of poverty, alcoholism, and addiction to illicit drugs. Jordan Cooper was disabled, and it's perhaps even more difficult to come to terms with the fact that the environment in which she was a product of did not benefit her already vulnerable and delicate situation. She was not capable of defending herself against her attacker. And with that being said, the only one responsible here in this crime... Is Joe Arthur Turner, a monster who sexually assaulted and killed an innocent young woman, who, according to her family, had the mental capacity of a 13 year old child. He is the very definition of a malicious predator, which only adds to the list of difficult things to comprehend when considering this man was not given a life sentence in prison. He will be 84 years old when he is eligible for release. One can only hope he takes his last breath behind bars before that day ever comes.